my money. Money. I get money from you. Money in the bank. Young money. Money, 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 money. It's the rich man's world. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. World-renowned financial advisor and best-selling author Barry James Dyke will arm you with the truth. This is The Economic Warrior. Please note, the opinions expressed on this show are of the individuals who speak them, and not necessarily of Portsmouth Community Radio, its members, or board of trustees. Well, happy after uh, Wednesday after the... uh, After... After uh, Thanksgiving Day, um, uh, this is Barry Dyke uh, with the Economic Warrior. I got uh, uh, my sidekick Will Pierce here and my handsome engineer Phil Kleiger as engineer. In about 15, 16 minutes or so, we're going to have um, Rick Darvis, uh, CPA, who's one of the foremost authorities on financial planning, college financial planning in the United States. And so, Rick, well, thank you so much for having us uh, um, as our guest today. And uh, just I know about you, but could you please just tell our audience about your background, where you grew up? And how you became known as a national authority on on financial planning in, in in general and college financial planning in particular? Could you just tell us about your background? So, to, okay. okay, I uh, was raised in a small town in northeast Montana, about 360 miles from the nearest airport. Uh, that's why why I became a national authority. I was <laughs> so far out of town that they had to know something, right? <laughs> an expert's just 50 miles out of town. I was so far out of town I had to be an authority or uh, but yeah, I, I'm a CPA. Uh, I, I did taxes uh, for you know over 5,000 clients a year uh, from all over the country, from Long Island to Burbank, uh, California. Uh, and uh, oh, probably about uh, 20 years ago, I discovered that the Internal Revenue Code uh, and the is tied at the hip with college funding uh, because the biggest factor in getting financial aid is uh, based on your parents, based on the parents' income. Yeah. Uh, and also, I uh, looked and there are a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, um, uh, tax, uh, tax benefits that most people didn't know about or didn't, you know, incorporate. I call them tax scholarships, okay, from the IRS because uh, uh, they you know, if you can let the IRS pay for part of college, that makes pretty most people pretty happy. So that's kind of how I started uh, college funding, uh, dealing dealing mainly with uh, uh, you know showing people how to you know uh, the financial aid system worked, okay, and then how to tie the tax end into it uh, to get I guess again tax scholarships. And lately, I've been uh, showing people how to get what I call bank scholarships. Okay, uh, if you can indirectly, I guess, let the uh, bank pay off your student loans, that's again a, a good thing. So that's kind of my background. I've I've given seminars to CPA groups and financial planning groups in over 40 states. So I've been around, I guess. Yeah, you've been you've been around. Uh, you know, you've been around the farm. Uh, no. Uh... Uh, yeah. Pun intended, but uh, let yeah. me ask you something, Rick. And this is kind of a general question because um, you've interacted with so many people, so many advisors. And I first met you when I spoke out in Vegas. When was that, like in 2010 or something like that? But um, 
you know, you speak with so many people, Rick. What do, what do you think of the – a lot of them very, very wealthy. Um, what do you think the financial shape the country's in? Because you'd have a good a grab on this as anybody. Well, the financial shape, I mean, I think it's overall pretty good except in the college arena. That's one area where it's not really great. I remember just a few short years ago they said that uh, student loan debt – surpassed a trillion dollars of actually more than credit card debt in the United States. And now it's like 1.5 trillion, just uh, probably less than five years. It's gone up 50%. So it's just, it's just crazy. And the, the default rate among uh, student uh, graduates or college graduates is, you know, is, is booming. I mean, it's just that uh, the debt burden because the cost of college is just, you know, skyrocketing uh, uh, when they let the federal government take over the student lending program. Okay, the government basically took it over, much like they did the health care system. Uh, the, the, it basically, um, kids and families could get unlimited amount of loans for college. Okay, they could get, borrow as much as they wanted. So, and the colleges understand that if they that they have a blank check. Whatever they want to charge, you know, the families will pay because they can borrow it all. You know, and the, again, the, the peer pressure that, you know, when my kid wants to go to the elite private schools costing $75,000, $80,000 a year. And, uh, you know, when, when you have a blank check, most people know what to do. Fill it out, right? Yeah, and that's, you know, that's what I, it's the same thing, it's similar to healthcare, uh, Rick, in that. You know, how many people really shop if they're getting, a, you know, like a lung transplant or something like that? Do you, but my point is that they, these colleges, it's, uh, which, how's college inflation in comparison to regular inflation, Rick? What do you think? About uh, it's uh, two to three times. Uh, college costs have gone up two to three times faster than medical costs in the last 10 years. People think that medical costs have gone up a lot. Colleges have gone much faster, okay, because, they, again, they have a blank check. It, it's kind of funny, Barry. I looked at some graphs the other day of the Consumer Price Index and, you know, so, you know, vehicles and cars, okay. They've been fairly, fairly constant. Uh, what has really gone through the roof is medical, and even more than that, again, is college costs. The common denominator right there is government. Once the government gets their hands into something that you know what happens and I, I guess those are two pretty good examples of it well yeah because i've tracked this rick i've been you know i've been researching another book on private equity and um and how the government essentially bailed out all these major lenders the bank lenders and college loans around 2008 then they kicked the private lenders out but uh in around when obama was president but the, in this college loan debt went from 500 billion to like one point uh, four, one point five billion. I mean, it's just it's it's astronomical. Trillion, trillion, not billion, trillion. <laughs> trillion. So, you know, um, you know, and but let me ask you a question as a as a CPA and just a regular person. When when people any a country puts well, when when a individual has so much debt or a family has so much debt or a business has so much debt, eventually these things implode. Am I correct? I mean, it's just what do right. you think? In the real world, they do. Uh, again, then you get the government involved. You're not in the real world anymore, are you, Barry? No, and, and, and no, you're not. And matter of fact, have you ever seen? Um, uh, we've had him on the show a bunch of times. Uh, Andrew uh, Adam Angievsky, OpenTheBooks.com. Yeah, 
how much some of these uh, Ivy League schools are getting subsidized by the government on top of this. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, no. Yeah, no, I'm not familiar with that, no. I'll have to, I'll have to share it with you, but great, great stuff. Essentially, we've pumped in about, uh, I don't know, $40 billion in tax subsidies and direct uh, payments mm-hmm. to the Ivy League schools. We're very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, openthebooks.com, uh, Rick, if you get right. the chance. Um, but, um, very, you know, very so— long. Can I just point out one other reason why college costs are going up so much? Please. Uh, just like in Florida here, I talk to—I do a lot of tax work in financial planning, college planning for doctors down here. Yep. And uh, most of those doctors, they send their kids to lead private schools, right? Or, yep. Okay. Or uh, when I ask these doctors, uh, you know, why don't you send your kid to University of Florida? They got a great school there. But they can't get in. What do you mean they can't get in? They got into Harvard or Dartmouth and some other elite private, so they can't get into University of Florida? No. Okay. Uh, I had one doctor. He was on the board of medicine for Florida State. His kid couldn't go in there. He's now going to school up in Boston for about seventy-five grand a year because he couldn't go to an in-state public. Okay, a lot cheaper. And my theory on that is, and maybe just a theory, uh, from an old farm boy from Montana, but uh, if you look at the amount of out-of-state students that your elite public schools have or your flagship public schools have, yeah. high percentage uh, out-of-state. Why? Because they can charge out-of-state tuition rates, can't they? Yeah, they can. It's a money thing. Uh, so now, basically, they're getting a lot more money, but they're telling the local Florida students, you can't come here. you got to go out-of-state or to some private school, right? So now... A Florida kid goes to, say, North Carolina. He's got to pay out-of-state tuition there, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So now you can see the vicious cycle we've got here. Uh, so, I mean, that, that to me is – because I know when I uh, – in the crash in 2008, I think that you were one of the few that uh, predicted that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, Barry. Thank you. Uh, University of Arizona got a hold of me. They wanted me to help recruit students from – California, uh, because when that crunch hit in 2008, California really got hit, and a lot of those parents couldn't afford to send their kid to University of Arizona anymore because the out-of-state tuition doubled the price. Okay, they made a uh, $30,000 in-state school of $60,000 for out-of-state. Okay, and they were losing a lot of revenue. So basically, what I did was show them how to use the tax code uh, to uh, get tax scholarships. So they could enable them to still attend the University of Arizona. But again, uh, that's, you know, I think, a, I don't call it a game or whatever, but uh, that a lot of these publics are playing to increase their bottom line by taking out-of-state students and telling the local kids to go elsewhere and pay out-of-state rates. Well, also, Rick, is that these, these schools, you know, and again, I'm all for in favor of education, self-education more or less, but... Uh, mm-hmm. um, these institutions, okay, um, and Florida, I know, is a big one for a fact. And uh, Will Pierce, my sidekick here, uh, probably has a question for you on this. But um, these uh, state institutions, whatever, um, they're, they're the biggest payrolls in the state, Rick. And not only do they get the, the uh, they get tenure, which although that's a lot of that's going away, um, but they get all the 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 rich uh, state pension benefits and. Lots of retiree health care and all this stuff. So um, so they need a lot of money to, to fund all this stuff. Am I correct? 
right? Yeah. No, it's uh, again, it's uh, <laughs> there's a lot of interaction between uh, the colleges and the government. You know, you know, used to be back in good old days. We talked about the military-industrial complex. Okay, the tight connection there. Yeah. Uh, now I think it's the education uh, government complex. Yeah. You know, the government is feeding the colleges, and vice versa. The colleges are uh, doing things for the uh, the politicians. Yeah, I I call it the student loan academic industrial complex wreck. Is that what I call it? Right. And, um, now we're on the same page. Yeah, so we're on the same page on this, and and on the whole thing is is that. Um, well, now I'm going to throw another. Now you being a national authority on college financial planning, a lot of the question is: is, is the education always worth it? Is the cost benefit ratio? I mean, you're an accountant, you counsel people how to allocate capital. I mean, Bill Gates and and Larry Ellison, two of the wealthiest people in the United States, never graduated from college. Is the is the benefit always there? Do you ever tell people, hey, you're somebody better off being a plumber or electrician or something like that, Rick? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at uh... If you look at the five top, well, two-thirds of the kids graduate in five different majors, okay, those are majors that you basically stop to get a job. It's like sociology, psychology, political <laughs> science, history, and there's another one. Two-thirds of the college graduates graduate in those, and that's curriculum. So I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying sometimes it gets a little tough to get jobs in those areas. So it's as high as two thirds of degrees are essentially worthless. Then I'm, you know, for well, well, yeah, you, well, not, I'm, not, they're not the worthless, but, but yeah, yeah, there's no economic uh, behind that. Now, well, did uh, you? There's no, uh, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, um, trade schools. Okay, I, I think trade schools are great because, you know, we're, we're a country where we desperately need trade people with the trade. Welding, plumbing, electrical, you know, construction, you know, I mean, uh, we, we desperately need it. I mean, because there are just not many people that do it anymore. You know, the colleges are not uh, producing the right type of people for the right jobs. And I think you hear a lot of your corporations say that, hey, you know, we, we got to go abroad to get our, get our people because they're not producing what we want. Okay. Yeah, okay. Producing yeah. the type of student we want. Okay, Uh Will Pierce, my sidekick, uh, Rick, has a question for you. Hi, Rick. Okay. Well, in, uh, at uh, the University of New Hampshire here, um, we have one of the lowest percentages of, uh, of students coming from New Hampshire. Um, and I believe it's because of the problem you were mentioning. I thought it was kind of isolated to, to us, but uh, is it, I guess it's a national problem where these uh, schools are trying to get the out-of-state kids because they pay more. Yeah, so, yeah, you're exactly right, Well it's – New Hampshire or University of Arizona, uh, California. Try to get into uh, UC Berkeley or UCLA if you're a California kid. Uh, but a kid from Montana that'll pay twice as much to go there, yeah, they like it. Uh, so then the California kids got to go to Arizona and pay out-of-state tuition. So you can see there's a, this, I think, you know, it's got to do a lot with the you know, cost of college. I mean, they're just shoving kids, forcing them to pay more, I guess. At least that's my theory, I guess. I just well, I think it, it, what it's worth. Well, your your doctors in Florida, who <clears throat> their kids are um, are going to, or applying maybe to an Ivy League school or something or an expensive school, and then they're also applying to, 
as a safe school to uh, yeah. University of Florida. So I, I think sometimes the admissions counselors at, at these universities, like a, of a state university, would, would figure to themselves, well, this kid's going to go somewhere else. So we're not going to... Yeah. We're not going to admit well, I don't know. And I may have something to do with it. I just mm-hmm. know that it's, you know, because uh, I just know that your flagship publics are tough to get into. Like Just like, for example, Michigan. If you go to Michigan, out of state, you know what your tuition is at the University of Michigan, out of state? Just your tuition, $52,000. Holy year. moly. For in-state, it's half of that. So now you can see why they would rather have some kid from Florida that can't get into Florida but can get into Michigan, right? Because they'll, they'll let them come in because they'll, they'll pay the 52000 a year. Now, wait a second, Rick. Wait, so that's not room and board. So, so Rick, you're saying it's fifty two thousand. If I if I say want to send my daughter, let's say, to University of Michigan, okay, uh, mm-hmm. the out of state tuition is fifty two grand. What what's what's the room and board? Well, room and board, you can probably figure another uh, fifteen for room and board and books and stuff like that. So it's only. Sixty-seven, seven, probably seventy thousand for Michigan. With all, <laughs> you got travel. Yeah, yeah. You know, holy mother of God. I mean, who can afford that, Rick? I mean, that, that's that's. Yeah. I mean, what's the median income? Well, when you have when you have an unlimited ability to borrow money for your kids, when it comes to borrow for your kids, you will do anything, won't you? Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah. yeah. I had one mother call me. She was crying. She was so happy. I thought she was happy because her kid got admitted to Harvard. No. He said, we can't afford it. But how do we tell our daughter we can't afford Harvard? If, you know, she's had her life set up. You know, there's no way. Um, except loans. Yeah. And you have a lot of loans. I'll give you a good example of loans. I just had a uh, girl. She just graduate, graduated from NYU yeah. um, dental yeah. school. She was debt-free going into NYU Dental School. She graduated with four hundred and sixty thousand dollars in debt. Mother of God. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we're facing here. But again, how did she do it? Here's a blank check. You can borrow all you want. You think the college worries about how you're going to pay that off? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> so you knew a gal who just became a dentist, and she walked out of NYU. She was debt free, and now she has four hundred and sixty thousand dollars. I mean, was that all yeah. personal debt? Was, this, was any of that parent plus loans, which are even worse? Uh, was it, yeah, was, it's, it's between what she borrowed and what her parents borrowed. Okay, uh, she had a single mom, and she just, I just can't afford it. So her problem was not uh, her problem was how to pay off those loans. That's why she got a hold of me. Is how am I going to pay these loans off? Okay, so that's. You know, I, I said earlier that I used to, you know, I deal with the ta- college scholarships, tax scholarships, and now bank scholarships. Because the biggest part of paying that $460,000 loan off is what? Principal or the interest? It's interest. Yeah. Interest. Yeah. At 7.6% interest rate? Yikes. 76 for your federal plus loans right now. Is that, is that just ridiculous? Repeat that. Seven point six. I know. I thought they were like six point six. The seven point six now. On your on your federal plus loan, which are your parent loans, okay? Uh, seven plus four and a quarter uh, fees upfront fees. <laughs> You're kidding me. Oh, yeah. This is why I'm glad I have you on, Rick. I didn't know it was that high. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just outrageous. 
it's outrageous. But see, if how easy is it to get a plus loan? Your kid's going to Harvard. I had a doctor uh, the other day from Florida down here. His kid was uh, going to Harvard in two weeks. He didn't know how he was going to pay for it. <laughs> he's living the doctor lifestyle, right? Spend it um, all and then some. And yeah. he, uh, he, he said, well, this short you're a plus loan. I guess, you, you know, uh, how tough is it to get a plus loan? Fill in your name, address, and if you haven't defaulted on a loan in the last 60 days, you can get it. It's a signature loan, okay? And only one parent has to sign it. So let's say mom signs it, okay? She has very little income, okay? She signs it. You can borrow the whole works. You can borrow 600000 for college. You know, if your kid goes to Harvard here in a few years and it's 100000 a year, you can borrow $600,000. It's unlimited, basically. Okay? Yeah. Signature loans. So you tell me what parents are going to do. <laughs> Their kid got accepted to Harvard, and they're leaving in two weeks, and you got to pay the bill. Do you care that it's a 7.6% interest rate loan? No. And You're so happy you can just get them off to college, right, to their college of their dreams. You don't care that it's 76 or that they're nailing you upfront fees of four and a quarter. You don't care, do you? Yeah, so it, what, so Will Pierce got a question. We're going to get, uh, okay, uh, for you, uh, uh, Rick. Well, so, so these loans are often guaranteed by the government, right? So it's a real sweet deal for Wall Street. Is that correct? Oh, sure, yeah. They're guaranteed by government. Okay, now, that plus loan that I just talked about, it can be a sweet deal, too. So let's just say that that mother took out the $460,000 in plus loans to send her kid to, uh, well, I guess it had to be for under. It's got to be for undergraduate. Let's just say a parent takes out uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars in plus loans to send their kids to college, okay? Um, they can, the repayment is, you can, there's an income-sensitive repayment plan where you only have to pay 15% of your income. So if your income is 100000 the most you have to pay in any year is 15000 Sure, your, your balance will probably keep going up, but you only have to pay 15% of your income until you become disabled, meaning going to the nursing home or die. I'm when my last kid gets out of college, I'll be 83, Barry. Oh, that's What's right. The loan I'm going to take out. <laughs> yeah, 83. Now, now, Rick, I'll take let out me... a plus loan, and then I'm going to die. <laughs> I've got 30 years to repay it. But, but they... die in that 30 year repayment period, my wife is not responsible. So, but also now, what I, I'm pretty sure that Wall Street w- repackages these loans. Am I too? I mean, um, uh, or there's a, there's another uh, new company, a startup called Social Finance, whatever, who who acquires these loans and refinances and end up in your mutual funds or whatever. But um, uh, I I didn't know it was that high, Rick. I, I'm kind of shocked. I didn't know it was seven point six. And uh, I mean, I mean, what's a, a thirty year Treasury bill, Rick? Rick what's a thirty year Treasury bill today without? Three and a half, three point seven five percent. That's twice what a thirty-year yeah. treasury is, Rick. Yeah, yeah. Plus the upfront fees. Yeah. So, so uh, the only good thing is there's signature loans, no collateral. Just put your name down. How much do you want? And that's it's that easy to get. And that's the problem. You know, it's so easy to get. 
Okay. It's, they're so easy. And what are parents going to do? My kid's going to Harvard in two weeks. I need money. The bank won't give me any money. Uh, <laughs> and, and in fact, it'll, it'll, it'll take them at least two weeks just to, you know, you know, get rolling on your loan application. Okay. Our, our last so, economic, Rick, our last economic uh, collapse uh, was a result of these uh, collateralized debt obligations on real estate. The people mm-hmm. took out more loans than they could pay back. Uh, um, right. And uh, do you think the same thing could happen with these uh, collateralized or packaged uh, um, student loan um, uh, CDOs? Well, there, there are some people. I mean, I'm not a, a financial expert as far as you know, you know, the big picture, I guess. But, yeah, it's definitely there are some people that think that's highly possible uh, um, that it could happen. Um, and then Barry could write another book and said the Pirates of Manhattan it could be the Pirates of of the ivory towers. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no, there's no question about it. It's all interconnected, Rick. And, um, but okay, so I, you know, so I'm shocked. I didn't know Parent Plus loans were seven point six percent. I'm glad we have you on. And by the way, I'll take you up on, on, on Florida. But uh, any event, uh, but so what are people to do? Because we all know you have to save money. So, uh, and I don't know what your feelings on five twenty nine plans. I think they're kind of more of a uh, you know, it's essentially giving more control to Wall Street. I mean, uh, how do you feel about uh, these 529 plans and uh, any and the mutual funds and that type of thing? Any suggestions you would make with people on that stuff? You know, you know you're talking about the saving part for college. There's two parts. Yeah, how do you college. save for college? I mean, you still have to set aside uh, money. I'm not a big fan of 529 plans, even though I did a lot of seminars for fund companies that had 529 plans. Not a big fan of them, okay, uh, because their performance has just been horrible, horrible. Oh yeah. I mean, they're just because what they do is they candy wrap it. They they did think these are dog funds, I think. Yeah. And candy wrap it in. It's for your kids, okay, college education. Uh, the, you know, they candy coat it with the candy wrap it, or you know that it's for your kids, right? Who who's going to pass up the you know, the American way, kids, apple pie, that they package it like that. But their performance, I know Morningstar here a few years ago did a survey. They said 529 plans underperformed mutual funds in whole by 40%. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I don't like about them is a lot of people think that they are tax-free if used for qualified college education. They are not. Okay. Uh, a lot of people get surprised when they find that out. I had a reporter from New York Times once. You know, was asking me, well, what about the great benefit of tax-free? And I said, oh, really? <laughs> and he says, yeah. I says, well, you might want to look at IRS publication 970, page 93. There's a little worksheet there that you better go through. And uh, I, I ran through a few scenarios with her, and she was in shock. <laughs> I kind of laughed, and I says, what's wrong? I said, again, I'm speechless, she said, because everybody's ever told me these are tax-free. I says, well, uh, IRS publication 970, and I've spoken in some, at seminars where you've had the fund companies there that there were 529 representatives. When I did done going through a few scenarios, you can hear a pin drop. So, yeah. so, so how how is it? So, in other words, because this is the great um, uh, Steely Dan says the royal scam, but in any event, uh, so I depo- I'm a, a parent. I deposit money into a 
And I, I be honest with you, Rick, I did the same thing 20 years ago, whatever, but that's all money's all gone. But the, mm-hmm. um, so I put my money into a 529 or, or whatever, okay, and a gross tax deferred, but let's say my kid doesn't go to college, okay? Uh, what happens to all that money uh, in my 529? How, how, how does it work generally for, for, for the... Uh, well, then you, uh, you get to pay tax and penalty on it at your tax rate. Oh, the parents' rate? Yeah. Uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these, they, they're kind of sold on this tax thing, and uh, uh, they're, you you got to watch out. I mean, uh, they're not, <laughs> you know, and plus you have additional fees with them. There are higher fees in a mutual fund. Uh, but, again, plus they're inflexible. Yeah. Okay? What else in life can you use them for without paying tax and penalty on the withdrawal? Nothing. People in life have emergencies, don't they? They want to buy new houses or buy houses. They want. They have emergencies. Uh, they, you know, uh, things things happen in life. You might need that money, right? And uh, maybe for retirement, it'd be nice, right? After two thousand eight, a lot of people were thinking, "Heck with college, I got to pay for my retirement." Yeah. Yeah. So, and and also they're inflexible. I mean, it's kind of like yeah. I I say it's like playing pinball with your hands tied behind your back, because you yeah, can't, no, you, yeah. you can't even you can't even uh, move it. You can't even make any different asset allocations. It's like conservative or whatever, and you kind of let the institutions gamble with your money as they see fit. Am I correct? Oh sure. First they go say, well, plus you get to college, we'll put it in cash, cash equivalent type funds and stuff like that. Go conservative, right? What kind of return do you get on uh, those type of investments? Not no, very good. Not very good. No. Uh, no, it, it's um, uh, that that was, you know, but again, they're sold as it's for your kids. You know, it's apple pie, right? Yeah. Your kids and grandkids. The big contributors to 529 plans are not parents. They got no money. Who's got the money in America? Grandparents, and who do they love? Grandkids. Who's putting the big dump in to the five twenty nines or trust? It's, it's the grandparents. It's the grandparents. They got the money. Yeah. So, but what alternatives? Now, um, you know, I've written a couple of books about this stuff on on the benefits of life insurance, how the institutions all buy all this stuff, and how um, mm-hmm. and I, and I and when we get together, Rick, I'll show you how the, all these major institutions like like uh, General Motors or uh, FedEx, whatever they're, they're putting their money with life companies. Uh, is is the life insurance a good place for uh, people to put it with? You know, high cash value life. Yeah, insurance? no, I, I'm a CPA. We were born, we were trained since birth to buy term and lose the rest. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, invest the rest. I, I mistake there. I'm going to not get on the Dave Ramsey show or Susie Orman show, I guess, by saying that. Um, but uh, um, yeah, it's uh, I I love life insurance. I really do. Because I, I love compound interest. People can sleep at night. And I, there's only three things that can prevent you from sending your kid or grandkid to college, Barry. Only three things in life. What are they? Death, disability, and lack of savings. What financial vehicle covers all three? Life insurance. Life insurance. Plus, it's flexible. Your kid doesn't go to college. Can you use it for retirement? Can you use it? You can use it for anything. And it is. Truly tax-free, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, uh, so, I mean, 
uh, I like life insurance a lot, and you know, I you know, I I've got a lot of scenarios where I use life insurance. Okay, uh, where um, uh, in 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 college planning, I and, and just overall planning, because I always tell people don't let the college tail wag the retirement dog. Okay, a lot of people do because it's their kids, right? It's the immediate problem. Retirement's another 20 years away. My kid's going to Harvard tomorrow. I'm going to use money out of retirement or wherever. Uh, I'll borrow at 7.6%. It's their kids. And when they can get essentially almost like a 1% or a wash loan from the life company, it's... Uh... Right, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so I just think about that. I mean... W- yeah, so people now let me ask you a question now because now I remember this. Rick, I'm, I'm turning back the time machine, but I remember one of your uh, college uh, planning um, uh, seminars you had in Las Vegas, where I spoke. Thank you, thank you, Rick. I'm very grateful mm-hmm. for uh, to know you. But I was interviewed at length by Money Magazine. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that you know, which is I don't know who owned by Time Water, and I don't know who owns them now, whatever. But which was essentially the, the, the Bible of uh, um, uh, saving, if you will. And they interviewed me at length, and I showed them where all the banks put all their money and, and uh, these other institutions put their money with life companies. Um, now, you, and you know from numbers, guys, but, but make a long story short, they interviewed me for like two hours at your seminar, mm-hmm. and, they, and they never published anything. Have they been more uh, proactive uh, or yeah. about the truth now, or are they still being... No, I- you know when you said the Money Magazine, I kind of laughed a little bit because life insurance is a dirty word to Money Magazine, Kiplinger's, uh, New York Times, any financial, any magazine, basically. Life insurance is a dirty word. I can't tell you how many times when people have called me and asked me the question, what's the best way to save for college, thinking I'm just going to gush over the 529 plans and then I make them go silent when I say no, and then... I say life insurance. You know what they told me in most cases, right off the bat? We can't put that in there. Our editor will not let us put that in there. And I said, oh, you, uh, I suppose that would make your, uh, uh, your uh, advertisers unhappy, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, they, you, know, they, they, I, you know, I know what you mean, Barry. They will not. Well, life insurance is a dirty word to them. But, again, maybe some of the people paying ads in their magazines are, you know, <laughs> I have a different opinion, right? So by by term, invest the rest with them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share a little secret, Rick. You know, I was interviewed at length in 2011 at Bloomberg, which actually went down to their Lexington Avenue store um, headquarters in New York City. And I was interviewed at length at this, okay? Um, I had been referred to an advisor in, in Georgia about this stuff. And then after going through all this stuff, and I hope Michael Bloomberg's listening, um, they they said— uh, well, I, and this woman, Andrea, she was a very nice lady. She said, I said, well, Andrea, I just like to tell people the truth. Were these banks and other institutions really putting the money? And she said, it will never happen. And um, and I can also, I, when I, uh, I'll email this to you uh, uh, today, because the Times has said that they don't like to put in their money with life insurance as, as well. Am I correct? Did they say that to you? Right. Well, you know what? You know what the New York Times put like $260 million of their pension money? They put it with a life insurance company. It's just a hypocrisy in this country. It's just incredible. But um, oh yeah, no, it, yeah, you know, I mean, it, yeah, I, I know what you mean, Barry. It's 
I mean, I've showed your book to a lot of people. In fact, I was talking to a guy from Bismarck, North Dakota today. Oh, yeah. He said I was going to be on. And he said, I've got Barry's book. I spoke there about a year ago. I spoke in Bismarck. Yeah, and it, there was no snow on the ground. And, yeah, well, it must have been uh, July then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so he's got my book. Yeah, so yeah, so that's that, that that's the funny thing. So this is what you we see this and and by the way, uh and Rick and we I get together uh McClatchy Newspapers, which is one of the largest uh uh newspaper organizations in the United States, EW Scripps. And even independent television in London, they all put their retirement funds with life companies. And, and so, any event, so this needs to get out there more. But so it's do as I say, not as I do. And um, and and actually, uh, on top of that, Rick, um, CBS Corporation, uh, you know, Columbia, you know, the you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the same thing. So it, it's yeah. you know, so so uh, no, when we get together, I'll show you this stuff because I've, I've been, you know, me as a researcher, I I kind of oh, keep yeah. digging, you know. Um, so, um, so, so, uh, let me ask you a question, Rick. So, uh, what do you think about the parents shouldering a hundred percent of the cost of college? Okay. Do you think it's a good idea? I don't think it's a good idea because then they have no skin in the game. What do you think? Well, I, I believe that kids should have some skin in the game. Okay. Um, you know, I, and, and I do a fair, fair amount of somewhat wealthy people they have two comma incomes i don't know if you know what that means two commas seven figures yeah some people in montana we call it two commas okay uh you know they're not flush with cash okay because of taxes and house payments and stuff and you got a couple kids in college you have 80 grand a year i mean it's the kids and what i what i do is have a little spreadsheet i say here's where you're going to end up retirement wise okay uh, an extra $5 million, okay? Extra if you do what I tell you to. Maybe you have an extra $5 million in your pocket, okay? Now, if you make your three kids responsible just for the Stafford loan amount, or I guess a direct subsidized loan now, 27000 a year. Or not in total, excuse me, total over the, the, the five years they're in college. So $27,000 a piece is not a lot to ask, right? But 30 years from now, I, you know, I show them what it does to their retirement account. And that's, you know, it's eye-popping. It's eye-popping. So about that time, they like, yeah, I think little Johnny can be, you know, he can take a little of that debt on, you know, because, you know, um, it, it's a big problem, huge problem for these, for people. You know, you know? Yeah, and, and I can agree with you, Rick. I mean, I have clients making five, six hundred thousand a year, okay, which is big money in my books, okay. And you know, they're sending like a, a kid or two uh, to a, a school, and I, you know, I review their tax and everything. It's like, and these people are struggling. it's kind of hard to believe that someone would be struggling making five, six hundred thousand dollars a year, but this is often the case, though. Um, oh yeah, no, I, I see it every day. I see it every day. Make people making seven figures struggling, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so Rick, we have to continue this uh, this conversation. But how can people find out more about you, or you know, have any questions or whatever? Um, what's the best way to contact you? Should they do it through me, or uh, what do you suggest? And I got to get you to get a okay. website up there, young man. I, I yeah, I got to get one. I mean, thanks for the referral to the website, lady, but. Uh, 
uh, yeah, I need to get something. I, you know, I, um, best way to get a hold of me is through you, Barry, or okay. just Rick Darvis at Outlook.com. Rick Darvis at Outlook.com. Okay. Okay. Or my phone, my cell number. All right. Yeah, I won't release that in the, I respect your privacy, you know, so. <clears throat> no, no, I, you can call me weekends, evening. I don't have any life anymore. <laughs> okay. So. But yeah, so it's just, and yeah, so, and you you have a young one, uh, uh, so that's keeping you busy, Rick. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, five year old, I'm sixty eight, and he's five. That's what legends are made out of, Barry. It's you're like something out of the Bible, Rick. So you're, uh, it, it's you're gonna. Well, you, you gotta have to keep going, Rick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I gotta keep for him. I gotta keep rolling. Yeah, so uh, no, so you have great stuff to uh, to share with the American people, and you know, I I just I'm so grateful because it's it's something out of it's gone out of control, and um, yeah. and people. Oh yeah, you know, and I, I I know you know the person Mike McKinnon out of Chicago. Oh yeah, he's a great guy. You need to I mean. get him on your show because he deals a lot with the academically showing people how to pay for medical school or uh, veterinary school. Veterinary school is a lot more expensive than. Medical school, believe it or not. Yeah, I'll have to have Michael on. Michael's something. He well, we'll have to all get together. Michael, he's he's the first guy I bought. I think hundred copies of my book, but that's years ago. But so so this, Rick, this guy fills in where, where I leave off, or uh, he shows them academically. You know, here's where you send your kid. It is not the name schools. I mean, uh, if you want to get in here, you know, get a doctor's degree or get a doc, become a doctor, MD. What he specialized in. I mean, he's He's got some very, very powerful stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm definitely have to do that. Michael, he's a Chicago boy. I love Michael. You know, he's he's a he's a pure yeah. Chicago guy, and and yeah, we will have to have uh-huh. him on. So, Rick, yeah. um, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We'll be in touch, and um, that's a wrap today. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. This has been the Economic Warrior with your host Barry James Dyke, broadcast live at WSCA Portsmouth Community Radio, engineered by Phil Kleiger. If you have any questions about today's show or need an ally in conquering the battleground of finance, contact the warrior himself at barryjamesdyke.com. Who are the wolves?